My conversation today is with Representative Becky Curry, who is a Republican representing House District 92, covering portions of Copiah, Lawrence, and Lincoln counties down in the southwest part of Mississippi. Representative Curry is, in my view, a study in contrasts. While she is a champion for women's issues like gender pay equity, in which I've joined her as a co-author on bills over the last several years, she is also the author of Mississippi's new 15-week abortion ban, uh, which includes, uh, does not rather, include uh, any exceptions for rape. It does include some exceptions for uh, life of the mother, health of the mother, um, inviability of the fetus, and those sorts of things. But I think that it would be fair to say that it is one of the more conservative abortion laws in the country. In talking with Representative Curry, it's it's hard not to notice the contrast because she is so impassioned when she talks about uh, women being involved in politics, and she spoke directly about her friend and her colleague, former colleague, uh, Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith, who was recently the Agriculture Commissioner of the state of Mississippi, who has just been appointed by Governor Bryant to fill the unexpired term of Senator Thad Cochran's um, seat in the United States Senate. Uh, so she was there for the announcement of that appointment, and she spoke passionately about how um, how important this is for young women in the state of Mississippi and around the country to see uh, a woman appointed to the United States Senate from the state of Mississippi. And you can feel that passion, yet at the same time, she takes positions in the Mississippi House that uh, it would seem to some, anyway, uh, are contradictory in terms of um, the impact on women. Representative Curry is a uh, very conservative Republican, uh, yet I have found her easy to work with and easy to talk to. And when I ask that she come and sit down and have a civil conversation with me over these issues, that some of which we agree on and some of which we don't, she, she never hesitated, and I thank her for that. Okay. <clears throat> these mics are really good. They can pick you up from a okay. foot away anyway. All right. So... Um, why don't we start with um, just you? You're, don't you tell me what's your name and your district and what counties are included? Because they'll go. Are we ready to go? Okay, go ahead. Okay, Becky. I'm Becky Curry, and uh, I'm House District 92, which uh, has Franklin. No, can we start over? Yeah, look, I lost Franklin in my last. Okay, you don't have Franklin in your district. No. <laughs> well, we. I re, guess I'm getting we a little nervous here. No, yet. don't be, don't be nervous. Okay. Look, I, I promise you, it's not a bad deal. No, there's there's okay. nothing here that's going to bite you on the behind. All right. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm just having a conversation. I want to get some diversity. Sure. So I'm, I'm Becky Curry. I um, serve House District 92, which is Capaya, Lincoln, and. Lawrence counties. Okay. So that's sort of down southwest Mississippi. That's south, right. South of Jackson and a little on the west side of the state. That's right. Is that where you grew up? That's where I grew up. I grew up in Macomb, 20 miles south, and um, went a long way to, and and uh, most of my adult life I've been in Brookhaven. 
Okay. Now, you know, I got a good buddy who lives in Macomb. He works for Clark Construction. We may have had this conversation before. He's married to Wendy Haydell. And her dad is a a physical physical therapist therapist, who I know very well and worked with because I'm a registered nurse. Okay. And I shouldn't probably say this, uh, but I've been a nurse for 40 years in May. Oh, my God. You started when you were 10? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So where did you get your nursing degree? I got it at uh, Southern uh, University. I went to Southwest Junior College, and then I went to Southern. In Baton Rouge? No, in Hattiesburg. Oh, you talk uh, to the top, to Southern the top. Mississippi. Yeah, That's exactly I'm, right. I'm a graduate of Southern Mississippi as well. Wow, um, I'm a lot older than you, David. I know we weren't I'm there together. I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> I'm not going to believe it. So, um, did you go to high school in Macomb? I did Macomb High School. Graduated in '75. Okay, and um, finished nursing school in '79. And and I've been, uh, you know, one of the things that I always loved, and I know so many people that struggled with what they wanted to do uh, for a career. You know, you get out of high school, you don't have a clue. I had no idea. And I always wanted to be a nurse. Well, and good for you. so, you know, I, I, I have always loved it. Well, I'm a legislature. This is my um, third term. <coughs> and, um, you know, I, I guess I'll tell a little bit of a funny story, or not funny. It's just I have always loved politics. And I started with teenage Republicans when I was 15 years old. So you've um, always been a Republican. I have always okay. been a Republican. And I will tell you that um, the very first campaign I ever worked on was Thad Cochran's campaign for Congress. You'll never guess the first campaign I worked okay, on. Okay, tell me. Andy Taggart for the U.S. I mean, for the Mississippi House of Representatives. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. In Moss Point, Mississippi. <laughs> there you go. And um, so— you know, I've I've been around in politics for a long time, and I will say that um, I was always asked a lot, can you take this politician around? Can you work on this campaign? And there was a lot of them, and I won't name names, that I thought, wow, I could have done a better job than that. You know, so um, when uh, Dr. Jim Barnett retired in Brookhaven uh, and the seat was open, um, I really think it was a God thing because it was just— very strange. I, I thought, if I'm ever going to do it, now's the time. It's an open seat. I know that feeling. It, it <laughs> I know, and it, it's kind of went by with me not in control. You know, I, I would say, uh, and I'd bargain with God. You know, God, if if I'm supposed to do this, then um, let this meeting go well. And if I'm not, just let it fall apart, and I'll be fine. And it went well. And the next thing you know, I went to Republican headquarters, and uh, I said, you know. I really wasn't sure. What does it take to qualify for a race? And they said $15. And I said, well, I happen to have that in my purse. (laughs) (laughs) So I paid my $15 and I ran and I worked hard. And uh, And here you are. And here I am. I was elected the same year, but to the Senate, as we talked about earlier. So we've been serving the same amount of time. Right. Um, In your time in the legislature, you have championed some women's issues, right? That's right. Uh, tell us a little bit about those. Well, a lot of times, um, and uh, there's a lot of men that that run things in the legislature, as you know, and and you sometimes pointed toward me, but I'm not one of those men. <laughs> <laughs> we would agree on well, that, right? Well, <laughs> right now, you, you know, you uh, you've been a a champion and a leader. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But Thank I you. will say that women's issues seem to be tough. You know, they. Um, I'll tell you one thing that I worked on and and have failed at was. Um, a couple of years ago, Blue Cross and Blue Shield decided that they weren't going to pay for women's pap smears on their checkup, but every three years. And 
I could not, I cannot get that through the House. Well, I got it through the House. I can't get it through the Senate. Cervical cancer is at an all-time high right now, and they're going to take the one test that is 100% accurate, very non-invasive, inexpensive, away from us, and women are going to, to die because they, they're going to have a cancer that is going to grow for three years before you have your next test. And uh, so... You know, that's one of them that it really has has been a, a, a thorn in my side. Right. And so what you're trying to do there is make sure there's insurance coverage for it when the woman needs to get it annually. Annually. Right. That's and, right. And instead, the insurance company is saying we're only going to pay for it every three years. And some people may not get the test because of that's that right. lack of coverage for those other two years. That's right. Yeah. And you're not to get too medical on you, but there's a lot of um, – um, disease out there, um, HPV virus. Right. And That's it the in- human papilloma. Papilloma. But- I'm so thank, impressed. Thank you. Thank you. But it is a, a big cause of cervical cancer, and it's rampant out there. So to take away that test right now for women, I just don't think that it's a very smart thing to do. The whole medical world is going towards prevention. So why would you take that one test away from women, you know? I know you've also worked on the gender pay um, issue, uh, gender pay equity issue. And, and as you know, I've filed legislation on that, and many other people have too. But but we, you and I have talked across the aisle, and, right. and we have agreed that that's something that the state needs to address. So tell, tell me what your efforts on that have been. Well, I've written a bill several times mm-hmm. and, and to to no avail. And, you know, what, what I'm getting from um, some of the lawyers in the House are that uh, there's a federal law. And so that we don't need a state law and that it would be opening up the state and business for uh, litigation. And, you know, my personal opinion is if we have a federal law, why don't why can't we have a state law, too? And and just to be able to protect women um you know, I, I know that there are women out there that are doing the same job with the same education and the same abilities men are that aren't getting paid the same. And, you know, um, just like we just announced uh, Cindy Hyde-Smith as U.S. Senator, you know, women are out working and they are a major um, factor in the workforce right now. Um, and at, if as a politician, uh, they outnumber men. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> you know, thing. I'm just saying. Yeah. So uh, we really just need to make sure they're taken care of. I know so many single mothers, you know, that are, are just working so hard to make ends meet. Right. And, and we, we hear um, statistics that show that women earn something like 75 cents on the dollar in Mississippi for man for men. But when they go to the grocery store, their milk doesn't cost 75 cents on the dollar. Right? That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so I appreciate your efforts on that. Let me ask you this. How does it how does it make you feel when you're in this uh, body that is essentially dominated by men, and you're trying to push forward an issue which is so important, like uh, either the, uh, the 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 Pap smear issue or a gender equity issue, and, and you're not having uh, much luck with that. Well, it you know it it's it very um, I wouldn't say painful, but you know you you work hard. You you've worked hard on bills and seen them fall. Uh, it it's just um, we need more women running for office. Amen. And that's really, I mean, uh, we just started a woman's caucus. I don't know that you, if you know that. I did not know that. Yeah, we did. Democrat and Republican alike. But there are women issues that really don't fall in 
either category. It's it's women issues for whomever party you're for. And so we um, our next meeting is at the governor's mansion. Um, Deborah Bryant is hosting our women's caucus. Well, there. You went straight to the top. We're going straight to the top. <laughs> and, you know, uh, it's been good. It's been good. Just like our race relation meetings that you and I right. are attending. Right. You know, I, I'm getting to know them better. And to see that they're, we're not that far apart on, on issues. Well, I'm so happy to hear you say that because I really believe that when we sit down and talk across the aisle, Republican, Democrat, that most of the time we find that we might disagree on a couple of issues, but the majority of issues we, we have uh, agreement on, we're more in common than we are different. That's I right. firmly believe that. I do, too. We're all Mississippians anyway. That's right. Um, so so you've had these these uh, legislative initiatives that have uh, essentially fallen on deaf ears um do you get any support from the men in your party uh, i will i will say some men you know i'm I, this year is my first year to be president of the Mississippi Conservative Coalition which is mostly men there's just a handful of women in there so um i i have gotten support from from the men, uh, but I, I do find, and I'm sure all women in the legislature will tell you, you know, it it is difficult sometimes to uh, get their ear, and um, unfortunately, it's just a bigger struggle. And you know, I, I will say that uh, watching Cindy Hud Smith over in the Senate, she just worked hard, and you stay um, in front of them. If you know, if you ever uh, shrink like a a flower and get, and sit down and and be quiet, that's uh, you know you're out of there, and none of your ideas do count. Do you feel like a woman who's worked in the healthcare field as a as a professional and now as a politician in a male dominated body that you have to work harder than men do to achieve the same level of success? Absolutely. I've been a registered nurse for forty years, and I'm the tourism chairman. Yeah, I know. Just saying. Well, you're doing a good job with that. <laughs> well, thank you. So, so what do we do about that? What What do we do as a society, as a state, as a body, the legislative body? I mean, how how do we fix that problem? How do we make sure that women are on equal footing? Well, and we have to elect uh, the right people. You know, we have to elect the right people. So get and, rid of some of these guys that are over there? I think you and I have a whole lot more in common <laughs> than, than we, we thought. thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I do think that... Uh, we have uh, politicians and and some of them in charge that forget about women until it's voting time, and then it seems to be like, oh, I don't want to make the women mad, you know. So, right. uh, I just think that women need just like like our women caucus, uh, women voters need to vote as a block. But let's get people in there that are going to listen to all of our issues and not just. You know what? Uh, what they think are important. Are there efforts underway to uh, motivate women to go to the polls in uh, for the? Well, Cindy's not in a primary, but in in November. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at women voters, there are more of us than than men. Right and in Mississippi, it's fifty one or fifty two percent. That's right? right. And if we get out and vote as a block, we ha- we win. So it's like. Um, uh, I will pick on your Hillary Clinton uh, with her saying that, you know. Don't jump on everybody else. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, I, I've never uh, listened to my husband. <laughs> Love him to death, but generally I tell him who to vote for. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah. I, so I listen it, to my wife, I promise that's you. That's right. And, uh, you know, so we, we make up our own mind. And, and um, you know, I just think that women need to realize you are vitally important in who we're going to send to these important positions. Good. Good for you. Um, so let's let's switch gears just All a little right. bit. I know um, that because we talked just a moment ago about the governor just signed having just signed a bill that um, reduces the, um, I guess, exclusionary period for abortions from 20 weeks to 15 weeks. In other words, uh, it, it, it is outlawed. Uh, mm-hmm after 15 weeks now based on this new law. Right. Uh, and you were an author of that bill, as I understand. I was the, the main author. The primary author. Right. Okay. So first of all, let's talk about the change in the law uh, from 20 to 15. What was the basis for that? Well, in my 40-year career, I spent 10 of them uh, as an OBGYN nurse. And just in listening to the baby's heartbeat, you know, I, I could get it um, just on the stomach with a Doppler, which is very um, old-fashioned now compared to the things that they're able to do. But I could get it 10 or 11 weeks easy. Um, you know, you start feeling the baby move at 14 weeks. And the it, first trimester, tell me if I'm wrong, ends at 13 weeks or is it 12 weeks? No, no. You know, so your your entire pregnancy is 40 weeks. Okay. So 20 weeks, which is the law now, that's halfway through your pregnancy. Right. When does the first trimester end? At 15, 14, 15, 14, 15. weeks. Okay. Right. So, you know, if you have a, if you've missed three periods, believe me, your body's changed. You, you know, you may have nausea. There's a lot of things going on after uh, three months of being pregnant, if you haven't decided whether you're going to have an abortion or not, um, I think you really are struggling making that decision. And probably the best thing is to to have that baby. Um, you know, I, I've treated uh, my other time uh, that I spent was in the emergency room. And we saw so many people after having an abortion come in, having problems, either an infection or bleeding. A lot of times all of the tissue doesn't come out of the uterus and it causes uh, bleeding. I've seen girls or young women uh, have hysterectomies after an abortion that they will never have a child again. So I just think the earlier that decision is made, the better for the health for the mother. And not just that I'm worried about, and I do believe that life begins at conception. We all have different uh, beliefs in that, but um, I, I just think that that mother needs to decide whether she's going to have that baby or not. Is it fair to say that at that point, at 15 weeks, a mother should know that she's pregnant? Absolutely. Um, you, you know, like I said, there's a lot that goes on with your body, not just that you miss three periods, mm-hmm. uh, and, and which is not fully, you know, I, I realize some people have irregular periods and that's not the case for everyone. But um, there's a lot that goes on um, to a woman's body at that point. And, you know, after three months of that pregnancy, I just feel like it's time to either make that decision or have that baby. All right. So that explains the change from 20 weeks to 15 right. weeks. Were there any other changes made to existing law in your bill? 
No. All right. So what we had before was a 20-week ban or post-20-week post right. ban. Uh, and then we had exceptions for Rape life it. of the mother, right. uh, you know, those kinds of things that you right. mentioned a moment ago. But we did not have an exception for rape under our under existing this, law. Right. And you didn't create an exception for rape in your not. bill. Right. Tell me why there's no exception for rape. Well, again, I go back to uh, the three months. You know, if you're still struggling with this at three months, then I believe you've made your decision. Um, you know, it's not that child's fault. You know, rape is is. You know, I can't imagine that personally. I cannot imagine that. Uh, but one thing I can tell you, if as an emergency room nurse for a lot of years, I dealt with a lot of rape cases. And you as a lawyer know we do the entire um, evidence kit right there in the emergency room. We do give them medication. Um, so I'm not saying that everybody went to the emergency room and had all of those things done, but if you it was a reported case and you went to the ER, had your forensic testing done, we gave them medicine then, not only for infection, but in in case of pregnancy, they get all of that then. Uh, now, if if you didn't report it, obviously you didn't have the luxury of having all that. At that point. Right. If it was a, a rape through incest or something like that, it may, they may not, not be have reported. been reported. That's right. Uh, but your point, if I understood you earlier, is that even if it, it, if a, a, a child was conceived under those circumstances, the mother would know it by uh, the 15-week the point, well, right? And unless, you know, and I, I do realize that we have cases, uh, and I've seen them come into the ER um, of special needs children mm. that they may not realize all of this has happened. Is there any exception for that there, situation? We did not put any exceptions in this bill. Are you um, morally opposed to that or otherwise opposed to, to that type of exception? Well, I go back to I believe that life begins at conception. So really, you would be opposed to any abortion at any time if it, if you had your way? Well, um, you know, I, I'm a realist, and I don't think Roe v. Wade is going anywhere. Um, I do want to... Uh, you know, when you look at other countries and a lot of people, you know, I've gotten a lot of ugly emails, okay? <laughs> well, I'm sorry for that. Well, but, you know, most of them weren't from Mississippi. I can tell you, you know, maybe a couple, but the hundreds that I've received weren't from Mississippi. And so I really are don't. These, are these from women? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Are these uh, from women who. Mostly have... men. Okay. <laughs> Which is very kind of odd. What's but... your feeling on whether men ought to stay, just stay out of this whole debate? <laughs> I think they should. Okay. I it's tend to agree with you. Yeah. yeah. So it's a woman's issue, That's right. right? That's right. Between a woman and her doctor. That's, and, and herself, you right, know, it's right. just, she's got to make that decision. I think I interrupted you a minute ago. If I, I don't know where okay, I was. I apologize. <laughs> so, so let me ask this question. I'm just, I'm curious about this. So obviously this is a women's issue and right. some women are going to take issue with moving this back to 15 weeks. Um, and, and perhaps with the lack of an exception for rape, I, I don't know. But uh, how do you square your beliefs and what you're doing through this bill with your uh, feelings about empowering women through your gender bill, your gender equity bill, pay equity bill, and the, uh, and the pap smear bill as an, an example. Just tell me about how you square those. Well, I go, I do square it, but you know, and, and um, maybe some people may have a hard time with that, but it is, um, 
you know, it's saving a baby's life. And, you know, I, I just feel like if you uh, had, we had a lot of discussion in the house during the um, bill and I had a lot of people ask me, you know, well, what about all these children in foster care that are unwanted? And, you know, I, I just can't help but thinking, would they rather be dead? I just, I see, I don't, my brain doesn't go there. So. Right. Okay. So, so for you, um, you're certainly pro woman. I, I hear you loud and clear, you know, hear, hear <laughs> you roar. Right. Um, but for, for you, this issue is just different in nature because we're talking about human life. That's is that, right. That fair to say. That's right. So, so tell me, um, I, I mean, are we going to continue to see bills trying to roll back this, this time till we finally get down to zero and we have zero abortion? And then of course we know that may be unconstitutional under Roe v. Wade. Uh, but we're Mississippi, and we're just willing to take that shot. Is that where we're heading with this? Well, I think so. And, and you know, who knows what the Supreme Court's going to look like uh, eventually. None of us really know that. So um, I'm I, through predicting. I'm through predicting yeah, who's going to be president <laughs> and what the Supreme Court's going to look like or who's going to win the next election. That's right. Uh, but so we just don't know. And, uh, you know, when you look around, I had a lot of people in their ugly emails talk about other countries. So I went and looked. This is know. what you were saying a moment ago. Yeah, it Go was. Ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. It's come back to me now. But, um, you know, Russia is 12 weeks. Uh, you know, so there's a, a lot of countries in Europe that you would think would be a lot more liberal than we are that are 12 weeks. So, you know, I, I think that it's uh, just back to when you believe whether we're killing babies or not. So for me, we are. I understand completely. And and I, look, I respect your position on that. I, I might not agree with it 100 percent, but but you certainly make some valid points that I do agree with. Um, but just to be clear, so so the idea is that we're going to continue to push this issue and test the water, so to speak, to see if we can get it farther and farther down, hopefully to zero, and then hopefully we will uh, we'll be able to withstand judicial scrutiny and we've eliminated abortion. That's the end game? That would be my end game. Okay. Uh, and I talked to Representative Gibson earlier. I don't think I asked him that question, but are, are there a group of you who feel the same way and this is where you're going with this? Well, you know, I think if uh, if you're pro-life that you'd like to see the end of this, you know, and, and there's a lot of me, uh, David, that I'd like to also see women um, stand up and be more respectful to themselves and respectful to to life and and their beliefs as uh just you know we've been through the Harvey Weinstein let you know I, I'll dive into that yeah. you know women really need to just stand up for themselves and say uh I'm going to live a better life I'm going to work hard I'm going to be successful and we have to protect ourselves from a, a a lot of things and you know I I would like to see um America go back to times when uh we just respected women more and women respected themselves more. Well, I hear what you're saying. There may be some <laughs> women who had to 
you know, fetch their husband's slippers and a pitcher of martinis <laughs> yeah. when he got home from work, who might think that, that wasn't such a great time. What other legislative uh, issues that are particular to uh, women's issues are, do you intend to bring up? Well, I tell you one that I have been brokenhearted about the last few years, and it and it includes women, but it's the mental health courts. And you've heard me yes, talk about absolutely. this. Um, you know, I have, and, and I know you as a, a legislator, you get those phone calls. My son or my daughter is in jail, uh, and because they've gotten off their medicine, they're schizophrenic, uh, you know, and there's really nowhere for them to go. It's, it's like they slip through the cracks. But I'd like to see this happen, and I have no idea <clears throat> why our um, leadership, uh, can't get behind this with me. It just seems like a no-brainer. Other states are doing it, but it also gives that mentally ill person that we, you know, a lot of people just would rather be done with, uh, put them somewhere and lock them up. Well, you know, the Justice Department won't let us do that anymore. And thank goodness uh, that that we are treating them better than we ever have but but in a way we're letting them now slip through the cracks so so i've talked to you about this before i like the idea and i think i voted for it every time we've you had did, an opportunity and in I the appreciate house that. and it's no problem and it's modeled on our drug court system which absolutely. seems to be working remarkably well best i can tell absolutely so where where are you finding the hurdles i'm finding the hurdles um in the senate uh, I get it through the House, but also I have a hurdle in the House. I can't. It's going to cost about three million dollars to to jumpstart this, which is we took that from how, what it, the drug courts needed right. to start up, <clears throat> and then it's on fines, and uh, they have to pay to go through this. And it and so we, you assess the uh, the people who are going through the process, that's right. which is what we do in virtually every court system. We that's have exactly right, and so the, the, it generates enough money. We believe it'll generate enough money to be self-sustaining after that initial three million dollars. That's right. Yeah. And and the first year that Louisiana started, they um, saved thirty-six million dollars on antipsychotic medication in the prison system. That that's not even counting. That's a significant number. Yeah, that's not even counting. The, the person not in jail. Right. The, and the cost of housing those people oh in my, county jails yeah. is significant. And so they go before a judge every couple of weeks. They make sure they take their medicine, that they've seen their therapist, that they kept their doctor's visit, and they're at home. And, you know, I don't mind. Let's put an ankle bracelet on them. That's fine. But that patient, when they're in prison, and I call them a patient because that's what they are. Right. They've not done. They haven't asked for this. It's like a diabetic didn't ask to be a diabetic, but they don't get treated well in the prison systems. They don't get the the medication and the therapy and the things that they need. They're a lot worse off when they come out. They could be a danger to society. Right. Uh, right. And and just like the school shooting in Florida, if he the had Parkland, been um, yeah, high school shooting, yeah. if he had been in a drug court. They were called to his house 39 times. Oh, my gosh. Why wasn't he followed up? They have drug courts there. So so someone inevitably is going to say, well, if we had drug courts in Mississippi, the same thing could have happened as, to, as did with this guy, and he just didn't get picked up and put into the system. Uh, how do you respond to that? Well, I mean, at least we would have a tool in the toolbox. We don't have one now. And so they're going to prison. They're um, or they're back on the street. You know, 
uh, not taking their medication. Um, it's just it's a no-win situation, and it's tough. And, and like I said, you get those calls from those mothers all the time. Sure. And, you know, we, we just need and, – and why can't we spend $3 million on our state budget is nothing, and you know that. Yeah, yeah relatively speaking, it's, it, it's a small amount of money. It, that's so right. do you have the speaker's support on this? Is he helping you not, down on the Senate end? I have not had much support. Okay. Is that a budget issue for him or a philosophical issue or do you do you know? I just really don't I, I really okay. couldn't answer that question. Okay. Well that's unfortunate. You want me to talk to him for you? Would you please <laughs> do that? <laughs> I'd be happy to if I thought it would help. Yeah, me too. Um back to the question I was gonna ask you about right. that coverage issue. Um and, and it's a, it's another how does this how do you react to this type of question? But um, they they refuse to cover something like this. The men in charge, if you will, that's exactly right. Which is a necessary and important test to prevent disease and maybe even death. Right. And yet we cover something like Viagra. Well, I was I was about to say that earlier, and then I I decided not to. But um, you know, I agree. And uh, well, how in the world do we justify that? I don't know. I don't know. And I will say to you that um, I wrote a bill a couple of years ago um, saying that Medicaid could no longer uh, pay for Viagra. If you're on Medicaid, do we need you having babies? I, I don't. That's well, is that the purpose for Viagra? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it could happen. <laughs> no, but your, your point is a good one. Yeah. You know, so it's like we can. um Pay for Viagra, but we can't pay for a, a life-saving measure. That's just crazy. Well, I mean, me. who's in charge around here that's making these decisions? Well, this is Blue Cross Blue Shield, the monopoly of Mississippi. But can't we tell them what to cover or not cover if well, we want to? Um, Apparently, they have some good lobbyists <laughs> because it dies. Uh, you know, we did pass it out of the House mm-hmm. and it uh, died in the Senate. But I can tell you, they hovered the building on that one. And then the re- Republican response was that we shouldn't tell business what to do. But we sure don't mind telling them a lot of other things. Um, you well, know, we, and we don't mind telling people. What to do, it seems to me. That's right. How do you confront your leadership in the Republican Party and make them understand that, you know, this particular issue is ridiculous on its face? And and then the other issues we've talked about, how do you you beg, cajole, do what you need to do to confront them and, and change them? Well, it's not easy. Uh, I wish I could sit here and tell you that I've had success doing that, um, but they listen and they say a lot of good words back and then nothing happens. Why do you think that is? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, w- I, I wish I could tell you. Um, I, I just, I probably could tell you, but I probably won't today. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have another session then. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this. Is there anything else that you want to bring up that you want to talk about? Um, you know, I think that if I could encourage more women to run for office, that would be my big message today. Well, I was going to ask you, to, in conclusion, if there was one thing that we could do to change the legislature so that they would be more responsive to women's issues like we've talked about with you, what would that be? And, that, and that's it, because there's very few of us in there. And um, th- there are a lot of smart, enthusiastic uh, women, and we can't seem to get through uh, to a lot of the men. 
Why do you feel like more women don't run for uh, political office? Well, as you know and I know, uh, elections get ugly. Whether there's a basis for the ugliness or not, it doesn't really matter. They throw ugly things at you, and it's hard to put yourself out there, um, especially with your children and your family and your church family. It, you know, you think, what are they going to say about me or do? Or, um, But you just have to go, you know, w- once you get out here, like you and I are, um, you just learn to take it with a grain of salt. Not that it doesn't hurt sometimes. Uh, it, it does. But if you know yourself and you know, uh, and people get to know you better, you just prevail and you just, they know better than uh, the mudslinging that's going on. But for women, it's hard. And I, I would assume for men too, they probably just don't care as much as women. <laughs> Well, but, I'm um, not going to comment on that. But, <laughs> but it's just hard to throw yourself out there. Yeah, well, I agree with you. It is. You, ha- you have to really want to do it. Um, and, and if you really want to, then sometimes you can put up with things you wouldn't otherwise. That's, That's right. That's the way I look at That's it. That's right. So I got one other question. It's kind All of right. serious. I forgot to ask it earlier. Okay. And, and uh, you, you can answer any way you want to. Um, this has to do with HB 1523. You remember that bill? That was uh, like the, the religious freedom. Bill. Yeah, that's how what could was, I forget? That's what it was called. <laughs> I, and I don't know how you voted on it. I really don't. I as voted we sit here. for it. Okay, and I, I voted against it. And that to me was uh, an unnecessary and sort of mean spirited bill uh, that that we just didn't need. And it was one of those things that I think we do sometimes to divide people when we're when we're not talking about really important issues that we could be finding common ground on. That's that's my view on it. I don't know how you feel about it. And I know sometimes you as a Republican are asked to vote on something you might would rather just not have to deal with. And this may have been one of them. But let me ask you this question. Um, if you have been asked about it, how do you support that legislation and do you think it hurts Mississippi to have that kind of legislation out there when we're trying to attract people when we seem to be losing people and you know all the things that we need to do as mississippi it makes it harder it seems to me so let me just ask you to respond well i looked at that bill very differently uh, than a lot of people did i know that a lot of people felt like that was against homosexuals and i just didn't feel that way it's nowhere in that bill that says anything like that what i took from that bill was that the state of Mississippi, as as you know, as a lawyer, you can sue anybody you want to. If you, if they don't bake the cake, sue them. Well, I don't. As care. long as you've got the filing fee, you can. But that doesn't mean your suit has any legs whatsoever. That's exactly right. But you can sue anybody. What I took from that bill is that the state would not get involved, as in other states, um, when they sued the baker. Uh, then the state got involved and sued the baker. Um, so that was my take on that bill, and I'm not a we lawyer. We should have talked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. But um, so that's why I supported the bill. Um, as a lot of people have said, and, and you just did, that um, tourism, different things, um, you know, would affect Mississippi. People wouldn't come here. Well, tourism has skyrocketed uh, as uh, tourism chair, I will tell you, 22 million people came to Mississippi, uh, you know, last year, which was a record high number. So, you know, I don't know that. How do you measure the people that don't come because of something like that, though? It, well, I don't know. You know. I do, all I do know is that it, it's gone up. Uh, was it a bill that we needed? I, you know, I can't say that I know of anything that 
uh, was going on that it prevented. Mm-hmm. But uh, here do we you, are. Do you feel, well, <laughs> and, and I'll just ask one follow-up and, and we'll be done. But do you feel like there are at least some there's some validity to what some people see the bill as doing, which is allowing for people to discriminate against uh, the LGBT community? I don't see that at all. Um, I just don't. And, and you know, so I, I I hate that they feel that way, but I don't feel that it did at all. What How I felt in supporting the bill was this is your business that you work hard in every day and that you have the right. Uh, look, I'm old enough to remember uh, no shirts, no shoes, no service. <laughs> and that we was, didn't have that on the Gulf Coast. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, you know, but it was their their business. And, you know, so um, I, that's how I interpreted the bill. But, all right, I lied. I have one more question. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> this, when a lawyer tells you one more question, yeah, you, you know can't believe it. you know it's not true. <laughs> so here's the last one, I promise. As tourism, as chair of tourism in the House, if you had CEOs of major companies telling you that they weren't going to bring their business to Mississippi, whether that's a tournament or a concert or whatever, because of this bill, would that impact the way you view the bill, the law now? Well, you know, I don't know of anybody that did that, and and maybe I am just don't know about them. Like you said, how do we measure that? Um, You know, I I believe that the bill is old news now. I hate to say it like that, but I just feel like it's it's gone. It's it's there, but yet um, nothing came out of it, and it may have been a law that we— could have just prevented from from even going through all this. Uh, maybe we didn't need it, but it but it's there. And like I said, I feel like a business coming to Mississippi, uh, the fact that the state's not going to get involved in a lawsuit. See, I think that's pro business. Uh, so I I always looked at that bill very different uh, than a lot of people did. You didn't see the letter that um, several CEOs signed urging the governor not to sign it because they felt like it was going to be detrimental to their business and to the state of Mississippi then? I I didn't see the letter, but I will say that I don't think that um, the sky was falling after. I don't think anything actually happened. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, Representative Becky Curry, I very much appreciate your time today. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, David. I enjoyed it. Me too. Thanks. Thanks. 